That's some Erica Badu right there. Who's feeling that apple tree, man? Erica Badu's fire, right? I'm always feeling her. What's up, you guys? This oh, is yeah. Sina Azari, CEO accredited. We are coming at you live from the All Mindset Studio in beautiful Orange County. Today again is another beautiful day. Last I checked, it was like what 74, with the exception of some uh, rumbling and some earthquakes here and there. Zero complaints, and sometimes you got to shake it up a little bit, right? Hell yeah! And that's the man right there, the people's advisor. What's up, Matthew Franchine? How you been, bro? What's up, man? I've been good. I was yesterday. I was by the beach, and I was looking outside, and I said, you know what? If I just crop out some of the traffic behind me, it looks like we're like on the Amalfi Coast in Italy, or it looks like we're somewhere in Europe. Like we're so fortunate to be where we're at, and I just uh, wanted to put that gratitude out there. Amazing. Every every uh, podcast, there's so many that we jump on behind the mic. This guy shares how he's either at the beach, <laughs> finishing up uh, shredding the gnar, or doing a hiking trail through Big Bear, uh, mountain biking to the office. I don't know, man, but he lives the dream. I don't even have mountain bike. All right, that one didn't go too well. So uh, we're fired up to bring to you our uh, guest in the studio. This individual has years of experience as an entrepreneur, has gone off on her own without a safety net, built her own business, successfully has impacted the real estate industry, and is a huge support system to all the realtors out there, probate attorneys, etc. We're actually going to deep, deep or dive deeper into the market that she is impacting as the president and owner of Orange County Escrow Services located in Santa Ana, serving San Diego, Orange, and LA counties, even maybe more distant in California. We're going to find out without any delay, Maria Gomez. How you doing, Maria? I'm doing great. Thank What's you. What's up? That's how. So tell me about that song, <laughs> Apple Tree by Erica Badu. What does that remind you of? Where does that song take you? It takes me back in high school, I believe. It's just something that, you know, you listen to. I grew, I grew up with my parents listening to Mexican music, and that was, like, my outlet to go to because I just thought it was, like, oh, so cool, you know, the things that, you know, she says on her lyrics and stuff. So That's cool. I like that. Well, everyone loves Erica Badu, right? Yeah. Yeah, man, she's awesome. Trailblazer, definitely one of those people who uniquely found their way, like, to the top, right? Like, because there's really nobody else like her. That's right. That's yeah. right. So, Maria, educate me. Uh, president owner of Orange County Escrow Service, how do you get into escrow? That's a good question because I didn't even know myself how I got myself into escrow. But, um, you know, it's it's not easy. It might look easy. And a lot of people, you know, tell me you make it look easy. Um, it's not easy. It's, it's like anything that you start up, any type of business, it takes time. And it takes, you know, dedication. It takes, you know, jumping into jumping over hurdles and whatnot. So, you know, building your own business, it, it was a challenge. It was very challenging. You you come, you know, across, you know, people, you know, trying to hire the right people and who you're hiring because obviously they were gonna represent your company. So it's challenging, but it's I'm doing it. So I think that the majority of our listeners are someone one of the big takeaways is that they're looking for that uh, that inspiration or that that something that helps them feel okay taking a chance, taking a risk, trying something, right? What did you do before escrow? What I did before escrow, I was in lending. So okay. I did underwriting, I did, um, I did a lot of things um, before escrow, always within the real estate business. Um, my background has been lending. I always was an underwriter um, for mortgage companies. I did subprime time. You know, we all know those subprime moments and whatnot, the yeah. good old days. <laughs> and then, you know, every, you know, I think we got all impacted with the subprime and some of them, 
you know, went back to, you know, selling cars and I decided to just still be in the business somehow, shape and form. So, you know, I work for title companies. Um, I work for a credit union after that doing sales. I didn't like sales, but I had no choice. And I think a lot of people out there just, you know, feel like, God, it's just not working for me. For me, it's just being persistent and, you know, doing it and doing it and failing and failing. And you know what? You learn from your fails, you know, and that's Absolutely. what got me into building my own business. It's like if I fail, I take risk. You've right. got to take risk. If you don't take risk, there's no reward. So you wow. said something interesting. Why did you hate sales? Because I always thought salespeople lied to you. I just thought these guys are just lying to you. And I don't like lying. So I've always been like, I'm so honest that these people are going to see through me that, oh God, no, you're not selling me, you know? So, but I learned that it wasn't the, you know, the sales guys were not lying to you. Pretty much is you're likable. If you're likable and people like you, people will do business with you. And that's something that I learned through the process of sales because my background has always been underwriting in the back office. You know, but I knew I was well with people. Like I was, you know, good enough to talk to people and like, hey, how are you? And network and they liked me. And I was like, but I don't like sales. I just don't like sales. It's just not for me until I learned that it's not part of what you're selling. You have to sell yourself. Mm -hmm. And if you sell yourself as a person, people will do business with you. Yeah. And if you can't sell yourself, you must be shady, right? Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to ask you now, you mentioned failure. You said that you um, you got to fail, I guess, in order to succeed, which is which is a great mindset. I know it wasn't all rosy. Tell me or take us back to the times where, um, or share with us some of your greatest challenges and how you overcame them. So my greatest challenges is, you know, being a woman in this industry is a little bit of a challenging. Um, you know, you go in there and they think, oh, it's just a pretty woman. And it's like, oh, okay, we're just going to, you know, some, you know, men out there do tend to always be like, hey, you know, they take you for your beauty. But once I start talking and once I, you know, start telling them and educate them and they know that I, I know what I'm talking about, it's, it's been one of my biggest challenge because I need to pretty much prove to them I'm not just a pretty face. You know what I mean? I got something to offer you. It's a service. And you're going to like my service, my team. It's not just this pretty face that you're selling. You know, you're selling intelligence, and that's rare. And that's been one of my biggest challenge because I've cut off people like, you know what? You know what? Next time, that's not for me. It's so. interesting you say that because a lot of women, I think, share that same philosophy. However, uh, on the, I guess, opposing side as a man, I sort of say, well, you could use that as an advantage because it's less of a... A wall, a barrier. Um, people are more receptive to talking to, in my opinion, women. So it's. I hear you saying that it was a challenge, but do you also see that maybe that was a value or no? Now I see it as a plus. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now I see it as a plus. It's like the cherry on top, right? So I do see it as a plus because you know what? I think I I kind of wow a lot of people with you know it's just not the beauty or you know oh wow you know it's like oh okay now I know where you're going now I want to do business with you because now you're you know what you're talking about and I guess with all my experience with the lending with the title company with the sales you know I I've done. REOs, I've done foreclosures, I've done everything, you know, it modificate, you name it. So I know what I'm talking about. So when I tell people or I explain to people or I talk to them, they kind of, whatever other issues that they run with other departments, I know what they're talking about. So they're like, oh, wow, you know that. And I'm like, yes, I've been, been there. Been there. Yeah. That's cool. I thought of this earlier. I wanted to bring it back up. Do you think that having been in underwriting has a benefit to you on the sales side? Yes. 
Because like underwriting from a sales standpoint, you're like the production limiter, right? You like stop business from happening is the way salespeople look at underwriting, right? They Correct. just want everything to go through. Correct. So how does that bring an advantage to you, like having the other end? So the advantage no. to that is underwriting pretty much, you know, we look at everything. Um, it allows me to calculate income, your personal income. It allows me to calculate your business income. It allows me to verify your background pretty much, you know, where you've been employed, your your neighbors. I mean, underwriters have like a higher kind of a level authority to really instigate that one person, you know, and you know your products, you know, one mortgage product is right for the right person, customers. If you're trying to apply as a first time, you know, home buyer, I know what you qualify for, the FHA, Fannie Mae, conventional loan, what's your down payment? You know, those kind of things help me now in my escrow business because now I'm not just talking escrow verbiage, but I'm also talking, you know, you know, lending verbiage, you know what I mean? And if I'm mm -hmm. in the title business, then to for the title people, I know how to talk their verbiage. So I, awesome. it helps me knowing that I know these verbiages in all their different areas because that's how I connect with everybody because if you guys know, escrow is like the middle person, you know, middle people to go to. We do everything. We're the ones who connect with the title companies, the lending companies, the real estate agents, um, insurance, um, we're talking about homeowner's insurance, we're talking about termite, we're talking about home warranty, um, all those kinds of stuff. HOA documents. HOA documents. So we are the heart of your transaction. Facts. So I know that you've built a very successful practice. Share with our listeners, where are you located? Where can they find you out on social media? Where can they physically, you know, find your office? So as you know, I grew up in Santa Ana, and I'm still sticking to my Santa Ana grounds. <laughs> so I'm located in Santa Ana, California, and our address is 603 North Park Center Drive in Santa Ana between 4th and Tustin. Awesome. And then they can also find you out there on social media. You're on Instagram? I'm Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn, and I'm on Facebook, and it's under either Maria Gomez or Orange County Escrow Services. Awesome. Orange County Escrow Services. And you have a very cool logo. Uh, when Matt actually looked it up, he mentioned, what was that you mentioned, Matt, when you saw the logo? It's got the Chanel kind of letters. Yes. So tell me about that. Are you are you into designer brands? I see you got some red bottoms on today. So I I, I work at. hard and I can play hard. So yeah, that is kind of my fetish. My shoes and and my bags. You know, um, not as much as I was before. I'm trying to be a little bit smart on my money and try to invest it in something else that's not that. But yes, how the whole logo came about. I was really loving to Chanel. Chanel was just like you know you know, that's my my go-to, right? That's cool. And so I have a brother that draws, and I told him, hey, this is what I want to do. I want to put an OC for OC and an orange, but I don't want to make it orange. I want to make it classy, clean, you know? So he kind of drew something up, and that's how the logo came about. Very cool. Yeah, it's a good job of blending the world of, like, your high-class, elite Chanel customer, right, with a local vibe. Right. That's so cool. talking about escrow, educate our listeners of... What are some important characteristics or items to know or look for when selecting the right escrow officer or escrow company to work with? Right. So I always tell my clients, and not just my agent clients, but I do have clients who just reach out to me that just can't have an escrow question. 
I always suggest the clients to contact their escrow officer and ask them as much questions as they, they can so that they can feel comfortable knowing that they're going to the right company. And being comfortable with that other person and knowing that you're trusting them with your transaction, you know that you're going to have a smooth transaction at the end of you know the closing of the escrow. So I highly recommend to do your homework, you know, because what they say is like, you can't just say, well, I didn't know. Well, yeah, if you don't ask the right questions, then yeah, you know, you can't just go by someone else suggested it. And a lot of times people think that, you know, are my clients like the selling agents or listing agents? I am neutral to both parties. I don't side with one and I don't side with the other. My, my responsibility is to make sure that both parties are within compliance and are doing, you know, what they're supposed to do based on the contract. Nice. So let's say everything happens the way that you imagine it to pan out. What's your end goal? What do you envision building uh, your company into? You know, I envision, um, you know, I'm a boutique escrow company, and I think I want to maintain it as a boutique escrow. Um, I want to have a company that's loyal. I want to have a company that people can remember that we were there to serve them, and their service was 100% satisfied. Um, I think what I want to envision is something that people um, can come to me whenever they need an escrow. And not necessarily an escrow, but any questions that they can come to where I can help them. So my envision is to create a company that can help my community and anybody within the state of California. That's awesome. Now, if we get a chance to like peek under the hood and kind of see behind the scenes what happens, is there anything you can share that's something you do that you think sets your company apart and gives that impression, something that's like, you know, the, the cherry on top that you do. So the cherry on top that I do and, you know, that I tell most of my clients, I'm going to be available. If I have to open an escrow in the middle of the night and you text me and my phone, it's just kind of like that excitement that you just get a new text. For me, that's my excitement. That's awesome. To know that somebody is, you know, thinking of me or has a question at 7 o'clock at night. It will never be like, oh. You know, they're texting me or I don't have time for it. Because I used to work for a company and I bought homes and I've had that service where like, oh, well, you're going to have to wait. No, I want my client to know that their urgency is my urgency. As soon as you send me a text, as soon as you send me an email and be like, this is what I have, I will answer you. So that for me sets me apart, even with my escrow officer. For the most part, I tell her, be available. She gives out her cell phone. In the weekends, she's answering phone calls, she's sending text messages, and I think for us, that's what sets me apart. Because we have those people at month in, right? You're trying to close a deal, and your escrow officer just left for the day. Five o'clock hits, and everybody leaves. There's no five o'clock for me. For me, it's just 24 hours. If it's going to be 24 hours, and trust me, I've opened escrow, and I have open title at around midnight. This is why you're successful. Absolutely. Yeah. Money doesn't sleep and entrepreneurs don't work nine to five. Correct. I love that. That's awesome. So take, take us back to uh, when you started the, the company, Orange County Esco Services. And I've been to your office, by the way. Very, very nice office. Very chic. Great team. Congratulations on everything. Is that how it started? I mean, did you go all in plush like that? Is that what the, what the story of a business owner looks like from day one? <laughs> Uh, no, not really, actually. Okay, yeah, take us through, the, through those motions. So I'm going to take you through the motions. Um, How long ago was this that you ventured out on your own? Th- it has been a year and a half ago that I decided to go on my own. And I decided to go on my own for many purposes. You know, um, I used to work for another escrow company, and, you know, I was in between whether am I going to go back to lending or if I'm going to go back to escrow. 
Um, I didn't know escrow. I did the sales part of escrow. I was just one of the sales reps for a small company. And so, you know, I had a vision. I had a vision and, you know, I stuck to that vision. I said, I want to open my own branch. Whether I partner with somebody or whether how am I going to do it, I'm going to do it. I didn't know escrow, but I knew that not a lot of salespeople are out there for the escrow companies. And because of my background of lending, because of my background as being an account executive or a loan officer, I knew people in the industry. I knew people from title companies, mortgages, realtors, brokers, you name it. So I thought if I knew all these people, and now I like sales, because <laughs> I knew they liked me, you know, I kind of figured I can do this. But I didn't know how I was going to do it. And, you know, I said, you know what, I don't have a license. I don't have a partner, but I want to do something. So I went ahead and signed a lease. Some, you know, I looked for an office, you know, and I signed a lease. And I took over someone else's furniture, some guy that was there, and he said, you know, I just don't need anything. I'm like, I'll buy it from you. Wow. I don't know how I'm going to do it. I'm going to buy it. Mind you, at that time, I wasn't really working. I was just like, you know, whatever I was doing with that sales company, at that escrow company. And I asked this guy, and I said, hey, open up a branch for me, and I'll, I'll hustle it. I'll bring in the business. And he was like, no, I don't know. And it was this... I'm like, you know what, then fine, you're, you're not the person for me. If you don't believe in me, then, you know, you're not the person for me. Right. So I went ahead, sold my purses, I sold my wedding, I sold my Rolex, I sold everything that I could because I had a vision. And if I had to sell whatever value I had, any, you know, stuff that I had, to put it in my business, then I will do it. I sold, you can possibly imagine everything that I thought I had value, shoes, you name it, I sold everything. Wow. And I connected with somebody and we did a brand together and that's how I started this whole escrow. That's how I signed the lease. And um, long story short, that partnership didn't work and I went on my own. I decided like, you know, I, it's, it's for me. I deserve it, I work hard, I put in the hours. And so that's how I started Orange County Escrow. Well, that's congratulations on that because that that's like motivating right there to make it extremely yeah. successful. I mean, anyone who's willing to get to the point to where they liquidate or sell their, you know, valuables that they probably worked really hard for or appreciate and have memory to it. Um, it's almost like the line that they say, you got to take one step back to take two steps forward. Mm -hmm. And congratulations, because I know now you can easily go and, you know, repurchase all that plus some. Yeah, yeah. I now mean, I, it is like I've already replaced Yeah, I was going to say, right? like, I didn't want to put you on blast. But, but share with us. Take take us to, if and if you don't want to, it's okay. But, like, what does a good month look like for, like, Orange County Escort Services? God, a good month for us <laughs> can be, you know, it, it like I told you, it's 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 uh, ups and downs and whatnot. For one escrow officer, I would say 50000 plus in just fees. 50000 plus in just fees. 50000 plus in fees. Yeah, so 600 grand uh, roll in revenue. Not bad. And that's Pretty just good. one Pretty escrow good. officer. You know, you've got some, yeah. And, and I'm still looking for, obviously, you know, you know, other escrow officers who have the book of business. Here we go. She's about to start recruiting. People, yeah. are, hey, people are listening. If you're, if you're an escrow <laughs> officer, you want to work with book a dynamic business. leader, someone who is going to keep pushing you out of your comfort zone, grow, break new records, then you want to reach out to Maria Gomez. I mean, I'm telling you right now, she says we got room for more escrow officers. And, right. I, I, and I always say, hey, if you got a PhD as a plus, 
but not that type of PhD. That's I'm on right. poor, hungry, and driven. That's, so That's what Damn. I need. I saw the look in her eyes. She was ready to start recruiting in this room right <laughs> now. There's only three of us in here. Three. Wow. You guys wow. Can do it. That's the right PhD yeah. to look for right there. PhD, yeah. poor, That's the entrepreneur's degree right there. Yeah. So how do you find that in people? How do you like if you're recruiting? How do you find the people who have a PhD? Do you go look in places where poor? driven, hungry people You know what? Um, I think, honestly, when you do network with other people, and, and, it's, and it's, kind of, it's kind of hard. You know, I go into restaurants, and I see somebody that has that potential. You know, like I was telling you, you know, my assistant, you know, escrow officer now, she's only 21. And wow. um, she reached out to me when I made a post, and I said, I need somebody with a Ph.D., you know, poor, hungry, and driven. I'm stealing your post. Yeah. Uh, I got it. Which one? I need someone with a PhD? Yeah. PhD. I, I've heard the statement before, but I don't know that I've posted it that way. So yeah, that's right. give a yeah. shout out when I do. You know, and she reached out to me, and, you know, she told me she had just become a notary, and that she goes to open houses and reaches out to a lot of the agents, you know, to see if they can hire her, you know, to do their loans, you know. And so I thought, hmm, I'm a notary, hmm. and I don't really thought about the idea of a notary just going to open houses and I thought this girl has something in her you know she works and I hired her at 21 and you know what you're able to mold them to how you want them to be especially because I'm trying to build you know I'm trying to build more of a, a culture in my office you know I want them to feel not just an employee but a family that you know this is something that they should be proud to be working with well said that's awesome so what, what are a couple of things that can go wrong uh, in the escrow business that you've, uh, I guess, put out? So what are some fires that you've put out? Everything can go wrong. <laughs> but um, I think having the good team and thinking outside the box can help, you know, solve a lot of the fires. But anything can go wrong. For example, right now we have a home that's going to foreclosure. You know, they have a sell date next week on a Tuesday and we're trying to close on our private money and just everything can go wrong because there's a time crush there that this person can lose their home if we don't act right and the right way. So anything can go wrong. People can lose their homes if you know if you don't do it right or you sign something wrong or you know anything can go wrong. So I don't know a lot about the escrow industry, but I would imagine that the bragging rights, one area is like open to close, right? Like how fast you can turn the full cycle. You have anything to brag about? What's your fastest start to finish? My fastest start to finish has been one week. Wow. Wow. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. I imagine that's probably a record for a lot of firms. Pretty impressive. Yeah. It's if, if you know, it's a all cash transaction. We got everything going and this guy was out of state. And, you know, a lot of people think that, you know, agents out there that's like, I want an escrow officer that's right next to me because, you know, my clients, you know, feel like they need to go right. in there. See them, we touch them, don't right? Need, yeah, we rarely don't get a lot of clients in. But this is what I do as something different from the other companies. I'm the owner. I go to the client. I go and explain the escrow instructions to them. If, you know, we have all types of buyers and sellers. We've got old school ones that don't use internet. And they'll tell me, hey, I have one in L.A. Are you willing to go from Orange County to L.A. just to explain escrow instructions? I'm, I'm going. You know, because that what makes me outstand to my clients that I'm the owner and still go out there uh, and humble myself and explain to them, these are the paperwork that you need to sign and this is who we are. This is the escrow company. I want to make sure that everybody that's, you know, doing any type of transaction with us, being even the client, the buyer or the seller, know, you know, personally, know me personally and know that, you know, you're being taken care of. Well said. It, it, the way that you treat the people, I think your business is so client-centric. There's no way that it can't grow. 
And it's mm-hmm. cool to see that because there's a lot of people who talk about being passionate about doing something, but they don't really focus on the actual person they're supposed to be helping. And, and it's cool to see that. So you sound, you sound like you're an investor yourself in real estate, um, and I'm guessing this, but have you heard or what's your feedback on the concept where a lot, especially the younger generation, they have this idea of not ever being a homeowner. Have you heard of this before? And they just like are like, why own a home? It's so expensive. The mortgage is this, and you got to worry about maintenance and all that stuff. What is your feedback or thoughts on that mindset where people are like, I'd rather just rent and buy like an investment property versus buy my own home? and then grow a portfolio? Um, it all depends how their, your, their, their financial situation is. If they're, they don't want a big home and they don't want to buy a big home, but they want to invest, that's a smart move. You know, they would rather put in their money to invest and rent out that property, because I do see it a lot where people are just flipping, and these are the young people that are flipping, but they don't live on it. You know, they either live on their own, you know, apartment. Are they, are they renters? Okay, so they're renters. They're renters, this. but they're, they're buying and they're flipping their own homes. And they're like, I'm still not ready to buy my own home. And I'm, maybe they're just not ready for that responsibility themselves, but they're smart enough to buy and flip homes and get the concept of this economy because that's, that's right now, you know, what it is. You buy, you flip, and you make money. That's right. I like that. Yeah. I, I think the math works out better on that. That's yeah, I mean, that's a financial I'm, I'm, advisor, so, you know, you got to give advice to some people who ask, hey, should I buy a home or not? That's a common question I guess you'd get, right? If yeah. If your clients are young enough or yeah, are for homeowners. Sure. I think property itself is, the proof is that it's the asset class that's had the most growth over the last 40 years over anything that exists. Right. I think that to tap into the money as an investment, you'll make more money buying properties you rent to people than you will on your own house that you live in. Correct. Um, that's my point of view. I've worked out the math. But you have to not rent and then blow the money on like a new whip and watches. That's not going to work. It's still property investing. It's just instead of sitting inside of it, you're putting the walls to work and renting it and getting the cash back out of it. But again, there's a huge difference of opinion. I'm glad you brought up those going. That's like the viral conversation on the internet right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. That's awesome. I like An it. investment. Yeah, the good news for you is regardless of what side of the fence you stand on, it still ends in needing your services, right? If someone wants to invest or live in the house, yes. you're in the middle. Yes, well I'm said. in the middle. And even for, for sell by owners. You know, I get my list for for sell by owners, you know, and I'm calling them. I'm like, hey, I know you're selling your home, but you still need escrow. You know, right. let me help you. Let me revise your contract, you know, and, you know, and, and just trust us. You know, I know you're not wanting to use a realtor or an agent to the sale of your home, but you need escrow. And escrow revises, making sure that your agreement with the buyer and the seller are on point. Mm-hmm. You know, so I, I hit those people too. It's not, I'm always calling my phone calls like, hey, I see that you're selling your home by yourself. Are you thinking about, you know, do you, are you working with an escrow company? If not, let me be your girl. Right. So I, like I, I want to propose a question that's loaded. Feel free to answer as detailed as you want to. But in this we, we threw a conference about a year ago, Disruptive Innovation, and it was all talking about how technology, it, right, it's either going to disrupt you or elevate you, one or the other. I'm curious in your business, what are some things that might be happening that technology is making your job and growing your business harder? What are some of the areas where you're like, man, this is, is making it tough? And then how are you using technology to actually grow and surpass against the competition? Because I think both exist mm-hmm. as a matter of leverage, but what, what are your thoughts on that? Okay, so my thoughts on it, like technology is really like advancing, right? And I think um, a lot of people think that escrow signatures are required original. Now you got DocuSign. 
I don't ever need to see a life signature. Everything's allowed DocuSign and they just sign and that's another technology for me that outstands. If we have DocuSign and your and your agents have DocuSign, they, they just sign. They're, you don't have to go physically and take it to them or overnight them a package where they physically have to sign it. They just DocuSign and send it over to you and we're perfectly fine. Right, and realistically, if you have a phone more advanced than a flip phone, you have DocuSign. You have DocuSign, Like everyone has it. <laughs> so I'm sure a lot of people are signing docs on the golf course or at dinner. Right. That's right. Yeah, and if you have a flip phone, I'll go to your house. <laughs> I'll talk to you, sign you. I'm telling yeah. you, entrepreneur right here. Following up with Matt's question, how has the escrow industry, I guess, changed? And where do you see Orange County escrow in the next three to five years with your vision? Okay, so with my vision, I want to grow. I want to grow different other, you know, escrow branches in different cities within Orange County, obviously. Um, I think it's going to be a game changer because there's two, two different types of escrow companies. And, you know, just to clarify, I'm licensed through the Department of Business Oversight. There's another one that they're licensed through the DRE or BRE or something mm -hmm. like that. That's what they call the in-house escrow. Two different things. In-house escrow are only allowed to have your own escrow. Let's just say Remax has their own in-house escrow. They are only allowed to get, you know, Remax agents or all their agents, you know, contracts with them. They cannot go solicit to other companies like Century 21 or any other pop and mom shop. You know, for me, it will make a difference just because of the different laws, you know, and regulated, you know, regulations that they are for the in-house escrow compared to the DBO. DBO is very strict. It's kind of like I've always said, it's like the FBI walking into my office and they regulate you and they want to see everything. Every so there's like random day. audits and stuff like there that. There is random audits. Once a, once a year is what they, mm -hmm. they usually come. Not that random. Yeah. <laughs> still, yeah. still kind of scary. Yeah. It is kind of scary and very pricey. They do come in and they want to see your checkbooks. They want to see your, your, your trust account. They want to see what... They got to see that everything lines up. So I'm more than crystal clear. I have to be more than crystal clear. And I think that's important for clients, you know, because, you know, I'm doing my job right. And if I'm still in business, it's because I'm doing everything that's required by the law to do. So as an escrow officer or as an escrow company, do you normally get paid as well when the deal closes? Or if deals go sour, there's still some skin in the game, I guess, for your company? And, or does that vary? It, it varies. Um, you know... It varies. We've had canceled deals, you know, escrow escrow deals that they cancel for many reasons. Maybe the buyer doesn't qualify for the loan and they just, you know, close, you know, shut down escrow and be like, hey, we cancel, we're canceling escrow. We don't make money when we cancel even escrow. Even though you did all the work to get to the point? Correct. Mm -hmm. So if the deal doesn't close, it was almost like volunteer time. Correct. Mm -hmm. We don't charge. There is a cancellation fee. It depends how much work you put in it. You know, me as a company, it, it is disclosed that there is a cancellation fee. It's like anything. If I know it's because they don't qualify or something happened, I'm not going to charge that fee. But if we do put in work and somebody just decided to like, you know what, I'm not going to sell my house after all, then yeah, there is a fee that I do collect, a small fee for a cancellation fee. Makes but sense. Not, yeah. For the most part, it's rare, but it happens. That makes sense. Is it a um, something big enough of a deal that you've got to set yourself up to avoid it? Like, are there processes and procedures in place to weed out people that might cancel before we even get them in the system? So correct. So we we what we tend to do, and I, I know a lot of like agents out there tend to always do a pre qualification on their buyers, and that's something that they have to present at the time of the contract and say, hey, we are interested in the home. Here's my purchase contract along with the pre qual. You got to just be careful on those pre-calls because it's, if it's just a letter that says, hey, 
they've been pre-qualified for this amount and there's not what they call the DU approval in the background, they're not really approved. So those are little things you want to watch out. You know, we always tend, we as an escrow company, we're a neutral party. We really don't get involved in that and we try not to because we're not trying to upset one or the other, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't go tell the other person, be like, hey, guess what? I don't think this other person is really qualifying for the loan and you might want to just look at your second options, you know, but it one, let's just say that if it cancels, right, that client still comes back because the seller is the one that chooses the escrow company. So they might not sell it to that person, it might cancel. I know for sure I'm still getting that escrow mm -hmm. with another client, you know what I mean? So I might be canceling one, but I know for sure I have that property, you know? And that's where I come about and decide whether, should I charge a cancellation fee, let's just void it, because I know they have another, you know, buyer in the back end. Awesome, my brain's turning and your industry, like you have an insight that a lot of people who would listen to this won't, I think most of the country, um, roughly 10 years ago when the economy crashed, right? And you, you made reference to it, a bunch of stuff changed, people lost homes, people lost jobs, like the whole gamut changed, laws changed. Now going into like 10 years since that happened, do you foresee being on the inside any signs that show us that like, History is repeating itself. People are buying homes that shouldn't be. Loans are happening for people who shouldn't or that type of stuff. Is there any, like, uh, big short, like, opportunities that we have? You know, like that movie? The big short. I saw yeah, that yeah. movie. That was totally me. Um, no. <laughs> <laughs> that was totally me. But, you know, we all went out there. We bought things. We bought homes. We bought whatever, cars and all that other stuff. And then, boom, everything got shut down. But mm -hmm. I think now a lot of people ask me that question, where do you see the market going? And I think it's stabling. You know, California's just become really expensive I don't see it coming you know a lot of people tell me I'm just gonna wait for like you know the market to crash guess what I it's not crashing a lot of people were waiting like for that's like optimistic the, mindset you know, right there a lot of people you know are thinking the well you know the rates well right now the rates are at low, 3 point something low, crazy you know low. when they thought they were gonna be at a right, five, seven, right. five six yeah. you know and I think that personally like I tell people you got to shift with the market if you do not shift with the market you're done because you're just hoping for this market to crash and you're going to be stuck back to what you were 10 years ago. Mm -hmm. Nobody saw it coming because obviously of the of the laws in the lending side. But now you've got FHA, the, the government's like pretty much on it, you know. Mm -hmm. So I think with even with the with the rules of the fees, you can't just, you know, hey, I'm going to charge you this much after it and, you know, you you already closed the deal or already would not you can't do that you have to disclose everything in the beginning and i think that they're doing the proper thing to maintain this market where it's at so i don't see a market crash so escrow you mentioned fees escrow fees is it i know it's negotiable in general but majority do you see it on the buyer side seller side 50 50 what are most of the contracts that come in that's almost like the standard the standard is 50 50 you know and this is another thing that i try to always tell my clients you know check your escrow fees because there are escrow companies out there who are not going to charge the seller or, and put everything on the buyer side or vice versa you know they're gonna put all the fees and they'll tell you hey you know i'll do the buyer's side for free but you got to understand there is a contract in place that says each person to pay 50 50. But if you're giving free one side, why shouldn't the other one get Be free? free. That's you know, right. so check everything. Ask your escrow uh, escrow company what are my fees. Am I being charged fifty fifty like the contract says? And that's my job it, to make sure that each person gets paid fifty fifty. Awesome. Well, so said. much going on behind the scenes. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it it is amazing. It is amazing. 
So, uh, Maria, tell us, you said that you want to open up, uh, I guess, more offices in Orange County. Do you have any plans to branch out of Orange County? Um, yes, if the opportunity comes, yes. I mean, L.A. is pretty hot. I think the um, L.A. area is pretty hot. Is the competition fierce in OC? Like, is it is it crazy savage? Or, or once you almost, I guess, have a client or a realtor? I should ask you, who, who are your ideal clients? I know we all serve the buyers and sellers, but who are the people that mainly get you the business? Is it realtors? Okay. So listing agents are your ideal clients, I should say. Is it fierce to where you got to keep fighting to keep the loyalty of these listing agents or like, no, when you provide a good service, the repeat service follows? No, I think you always have to be on top of it. I think, you you know, nothing's guaranteed. And sometimes I, you know, not that I'm saying my clients are loyal, but anything can happen. You know what I mean? It's just somebody else can sell them on something. So I have to be on top of my game no matter what. You know what and I mean? And how fierce is the escrow industry, like the landscape? It, it's grown. It's is grown. It? I see more salespeople out there and it's kind of great. You know, now I have more competition, <laughs> which is always great. You need competition in order for you to know what you got. You know what I mean? Competition's always good, but it's entrepreneur it's, it's, right here. Yeah. Like whatever that. you do, whatever city you expand to, you have to make sure the letters can be organized in like a handbag brands fashion. <laughs> like LA would be would like be the Louis, Louis Vuitton. Yeah, Louis it's so funny, man. <laughs> That's so funny, man. I was That's thinking about funny, that. Yeah. That's awesome. So Maria, one more time, where where could our listeners find you out? Thank you so much for this amazing information and congrats on all of your success you. at Orange County SO Services. One more time, where where can we find you at? You can find me at 603 North Park Center Drive in the city of Santa Ana, located in between 4th and Tustin. And also out there on LinkedIn under Orange County Escrow Services. Correct. Facebook. Awesome. Okay. And then Instagram, Orange County Escrow Services. And uh, is it Maria Gomez on Facebook or is that just your your personal out there? No, that's Maria Gomez on Facebook, but it has my logo you know, for, for my company's Orange County Escrow Services. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Maria Gomez, thank you so much for spending time with us today thank in the you. studio live. All Mindset with the People's Advisor. An amazing day. Uh, and any any closing remarks or statements that you want to share with those that are listening and haven't had the chance to yet meet you? Anything you want to share with them? I just want to tell them, hey, I understand that you have your choice of escrow, but let me be your number one second choice of escrow company. And I will guarantee you, you will get the service. Hey, there's not a lot of places you get a guarantee. That's it. And success is no accident, guys. Be safe out there. Maria, congratulations. Continue blessings. And the People's Advisor, Matt Franchina, good looking out. Hey, we out. Don't forget to subscribe to. That's right. Please swipe up, rate, subscribe. This is your boy, Cena Azari, CEO Accredited. See you guys next time.